Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Pulpit. Vernon Sheridan here, and I just want to thank you for joining me on today. On today, we come into the message of the proof, the proof of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, this is the season upon which there needs to be no proof. We come into the season of new beginnings. We come into the season of resurrection. There is no need to prove anything because Christ is already up. He is already alive. He has the keys of hell and death in his hand and he has all power in his other hand. So hallelujah, Jesus, because we know that whatever we go through, as long as we got Christ in our lives, nothing is going to come up against us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper and no one shall, shall, shall come up against us to hurt us. I believe that in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. I know that there is a coronavirus out there. I know that the coronavirus is taking lives and I know that the coronavirus is taking believers, but I do not believe those believers are lost because they have they have gone down into Christ and therefore he has caught them as they have gone down into his arms. So I'm so I'm convinced that standing behind a cross is better than standing behind a closed door. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm telling you that the cross of Christ conquers all and by his sacrifice, we are. Are, are, are able to stand just as he said we could in days and times like this. There are those who, who are fearful. There are those who are running. There are those who are doing the things that, that, that everyone says we should do, except look at the word and follow what the word says. He says that the seasons will say so and the seasons are saying so. So if we're not looking up, we're not trying, we're not finding Christ. But if we're looking around, we're going to continue to look around into the face of confusion. We're going to look around into those who don't know we're going to we're going to look into those who 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 are trying to say what 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 this is or what that is how how long it lasts or how or what surfaces it can live on i'm telling you this the resurrected christ he reminds us that we are covered by the blood it is by the blood of jesus that we stand firm in days and times like this of uncertainty because we know that he is certain we know that he came to a virus filled sin sick world where where he even even himself he could have been affected but you know what he did not sin he did not deter from his mission he did as his father sent him to do and it is because of that that he has received the, the reward the name that is above all names the, the 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 placement at his father's right side we know that he is working on our side to to the benefit of his father so that so that when we go through things like this we we are recognized in our struggle we are recognized through him when we go through things like this. And I'm totally convinced that we are recognized by him right now. On today, I don't want to take up a lot of time. I've already taken up enough time, but I want to just add to the time that I've already taken up. And I want to I want to go um, uh, show you the proof. But eventually we're going to get to the proof. But But I want to show you the reason why we are in the situation we are in. And in order to understand that we have to go back to where it all began, go with me to the book of Genesis, the book of the beginning, you know, now, now that is the book of beginning. And, and, and I'm convinced that if there is a beginning, there is an end because Genesis is the beginning and we know revelation is the end, but, but we know that, that no matter what, Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain forever. 
So I'm convinced that as long as we are in Christ Jesus, we are in Christ Jesus forever. Even though the word may pass away, even though heaven and earth will pass away, but we know his word in us and we in him will live forever. Go to me to to the book of Genesis uh, chapter two and let's plug in right there at uh, verses eight and nine. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he put the man he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was in the midst of the garden as well. Why do I mention that? I mention that because in the garden, you had every tree that what that produced fruit that was good for food. And if you remember, if you haven't been listening to the traveling pulpit long, uh, the older messages, I talked about how everything God created was giving a seed for the purpose of reproduction, including the man, because God was going to use the man to reproduce himself. Man was made to be a free being, free thought, free feeling, free moving. The only responsibility man had was the work in the garden. His responsibility to serve God was already solidified by his creation. So he knew that there was there was someone more powerful than himself. He knew that he had a relationship with his creator. He knew that he had a responsibility to, uh, to, to take care of the garden and tend to its needs. And his reward was the fruit of every tree that God made in the garden. Here's where it breaks down. The breakdown comes when the Lord God commanded the man saying, you shall eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. See, I am thoroughly, thoroughly convinced through the study of this word, through the Holy Spirit's power and revealing the, 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 the in-betweens of the message. See, sometimes the word is taken so literal that people don't take time to allow the Holy Spirit to doctrinate them, to teach them, to come into them. See, that is where uh, 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 Pastor Billy Graham once said, when you pray, you talk to God, but when you read his word, he talks to you. I believe some people do not allow God to talk to them through his word. They'll read his word. They'll read it as a book. They'll go through it as a book, but this is not a book. This is a living, breathing organism. It is the basic instruction before leaving earth. And if you read it as a book, you're going to miss out on the vitality the vitamins, the minerals, the lifeblood that is in this book. This book is alive, and there are so many people who read it as if it's not. But I believe that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that when God told man what he could not do, man purposed in his heart what he would do. Simply put, Paul, Paul says it this way. The very thing 
that I ought to do, I find myself not doing. But the very thing that I ought not to do, that is what I find myself doing. See, that's the very nature of man. The very nature of man is self-destructive, death-seeking, rebellious, and he's also dumb. Yes, I said it. We are self-seeking, we are death-seeking, we are self-destructive, and we are rebellious, and we are dumb. Simply because God told man what he could not do, but man purposed in his heart what he would do in spite of. And it is because of that action that when woman ate the fruit, it was so easy for him to go in and eat that fruit also. And because of that, sin came into the world. You see, man is not truly happy unless he is destroying something. Especially during times of fear and embarrassment, in the case of Cain and Abel, when Cain was embarrassed by his brother Abel, and Abel felt and Cain Cain felt the need to take his brother's life. You see, man isn't happy unless he is destroying something or destroying someone. You know, the other day uh, uh, we've been seeing a lot of video online about Bill Gates talking about uh, population reduction. See, he's happy to talk about things like that, population reduction. Let's form a a vaccination that can reduce the population by one to two percent, I believe he said on that YouTube video. You see, every time someone does something or some not someone, but every time man does something to hurt someone else, he gets pleasure out of it. You see, it gave great pleasure to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes and the Gentiles and the Jews to put Christ on that cross. They yelled, crucify him. They yelled, they yelled uh, 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 profanity at him. They spit on him. They did the unnameable things to our Lord and Savior. And I can talk about that because before I became a disciple, I did the very same thing. I was a part of that mob. Even though I was not born yet, it was my sin, the sin that I had not had not committed because the Bible tells us before we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Sorry about that. But I'm just wanting to make it a point. The true nature of man, the true nature of man is not to serve God. The true nature of man is for man to serve man. That is the true nature of man. But here, Jesus Let's us know that the tree of life is what man could have eaten after he sinned and lived forever. We would just be forever living in a world of sin. But what God did, he caused man and woman to leave. He put them out. He put them out. So when Jesus came on the scene, go with me to John 6 and verse 51. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life is of my flesh. And people looked at that like, well, wait a minute. What what is he talking about? You know, he, he, he going to give us his body. The flesh Jesus was talking about was his word, following his word, becoming his disciple, studying his word, allowing his word to speak to you, allowing his word to change your life, following him, being close to him. That is what he's talking about. 
but the people literally took it as you had to uh, carnivorously uh, uh, eat Jesus's uh, uh, skin, muscle tissue, fire, mu- mu- hair. You know, that's what that's what they interpreted. But that is not what Jesus was saying. See, Jesus always talked in parables. He always talked not around things. He talked directly to them by taking them through it. While while the while 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 he was in the wilderness, Jesus while Jesus was in the wilderness, it took him forty days and nights without eating, because he had to get to a place where the angels of God would come and feed him. But he ate from his father who sent him by being a disciple of his father. He came as a disciple to show us how to disciple. He ate of his father's flesh. And in turn, he told us to eat of his flesh. This is what Jesus is talking about. Jesus, God said that man had become like us. Knowing good from evil. So even today, we are like God, knowing good from evil. But Jesus has given us the invitation to be his disciple. And because of that, we put him on the cross. We we hung him up. We strung him. The one thing I love about Jesus, Jesus said, no man takes my life. No man. Meaning no one was bad enough to step to Jesus. Not in them streets. And those were some of the, the worst conditions you could be under in those Roman days and times. Much worse than what we're living here in the United States and abroad. What we hear on the news. No, no, we didn't hear those things on the news. We got these things from the Bible. That day and time was a whole lot worse than this. So we're so we're we're running scared about about a little coronavirus, you know, being separated uh, amongst each other six feet apart when you go into the store, or gas station or bank, no matter where you are. Christ came to a virus filled world called sin and he touched lepers with his own hand. So don't tell me about, you know, uh, a, a virus being set. No, I don't want to be separated from God's people. I want to be with God's people because I want to be with God. And Christ sent him to be with us. So I want to be with Christ as I be with you. That is why I'm not hiding behind a door. I'm hiding behind the cross. Who's with me? But on that day, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and it was empty. And she went running. And she found John and Peter and she told them what happened. And the Bible says Peter took off running and, and John was right behind him. And then and in the midst of them running, John, John surpassed Peter because by, by, by Peter being older, of course, you know, youth is in his legs. So John naturally outran him and he got to the tomb first. And, and, and here's what's to come. Go with me to John 20 verse six and seven. This is where John believed. Then Simon Peter came following him. And if you notice, Peter went in to the tomb, not John. John got there first, but he looked in. Peter got there after John and he went in. 
Peter saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen, but folded up in a place by itself. Then John went in behind Peter and saw the face cloth and believed. Now, John believed because of the ancient Hebrew custom where the man or the, the, the master of the house would be at the table eating his meal. And if he was finished, the servant only stood so far off to watch his master as he ate. And the servant would know if his master was finished, if the master cleaned himself, wiped his face, wiped his face and hands and crumbled up his napkin and left it on his plate. The servant would know to go clean the table. However, if the, if the master of the house neatly folded his, his, his napkin or his linen cloth and laid it beside his plate, that let the servant know to leave it alone because the master is coming back. Now, Jesus uh, uh, um, reminds us of that face cloth. He's coming back. John saw it and believed. Why? Because he knew the ancient Hebrew custom. Now, you know, the ancient Hebrew custom, you know, that John 26 and seven lets you know that he's coming back. He made a promise that, that to us, uh, uh, that given to his disciples, he said, I must go. And if I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to come back and take you to where I am to myself. So, you know, he's coming back. You know it. And I know it. So it's a time to believe it's a time to rejoice. It's a time for resurrection. It's a new day in your life now, because you know, it's your choice to accept it or deny it, but the choice is yours because now you know. If you're listening to the traveling pulpit right now, uh, 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 or when you listen to it, now you know. Now you know the truth. The truth has been given to you, and the truth is what will set you free because Christ is freedom. He is freedom. Go with me real quick, real quick to where is it? Where did I mark it off? It is Luke. Luke 14, 15 through 24 and follow it up. Here's what God wants. Here's what God wants. The servant was told by the master to go to those who were already pre-invited. And the servant goes to those pre-invited and none of them wanted to come. So the master, as, as angry as he was, he told the servant to go in the street, go in the highways and the hedges. And compelled those to come into his house so that his house may be full because he wants a full house. He wants his tables filled. There are tables among tables with your place name on it. You have a, you have a, a place with your name on it. He wants you at the feast. I'm going to be there and I want you to be there because he's invited you to be there just like he's invited me to be there. But who is this Christ? Who is this risen savior? Who is this man that we know got up from the grave? Here is your proof. Colossians 1 and 15. And I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Colossians uh, 1 and 15 through through 23. I'm going I'm to read, read it real quick. Right? I'm not going to may, may not read all of it, but I just want to get to 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 the, the, the vital point of Colossians 1 and 15. Paul writes, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible 
and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Now, now, now listen to this. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is the head, the body, the church. He is the head of the body, the church, which is us. He's talking about us. Paul is talking about us. We are the church, not the building. We are the church, the people, the, the disciples of Christ. We are the church. He says he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. What Paul is saying that I got from the Holy Spirit is death had to give birth to its destroyer. Christ is going to put death to death, but death was pregnant with Christ when he was in the tomb. When he came out of the tomb, those were death labor pains. Death had to give birth to its destroyer, which is Christ Jesus. And I am so convinced that he is the firstborn of the dead. You know, now don't get Lazarus mixed up with Christ because Lazarus, he died again. And this time he did not get up because God called him home. Jesus didn't call him out, but Christ got up with all power in his hand, with the keys of hell and death in his possession, he got up and he is alive forevermore. So if there is anything to hide behind, I'm, I'm saying it again, it is not a closed door, it is a cross. That is what we need to hide behind, a cross. Now I know the truth is hard to accept because you feel like you know, you have to change your life. You have to change your lifestyle. You just come to Christ Jesus as you are, and he will make that change. None of us can, can say, um, I'm going to come to Christ when I get myself together. He don't want you together. He puts you together. So therefore, he wants you just as you are. And if you ever want to, if, if, you, if you're still uh, wondering, wondering who he is, who is this Christ? Who is this man you're, you're, you're talking about, Vernon? Who is this Christ? And why do I need to come to him? Go to Isaiah 53 and then we're done. Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us? This is the prophet Isaiah uh, speaking through his writing. And who and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It's been revealed to you right now. It's been real revealed to you today, right here on the traveling pulpit. For he grew up before, but he he for he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid his faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement of our peace and with his stripes we are healed that is the christ that's the gospel that is it right there
That's all you need to know who this man is. This man, he took it for you. He took it for me and I'm not worthy. I'm the biggest sinner you ever known. When Paul lost his head, I was first in line to take his place. And if you feel that way and you want to argue it out, email me. The traveling pool, the traveling pulpit at gmail.com hashtag the traveling pulpit hashtag Jesus follower hashtag virtual minister hashtag my voice is not scripted and let's and let's and let's work it out together. This is who Jesus is and this is what Jesus has done and this is how we treated him. But he did it anyhow for while we were yet sinners, Christ died for me and he died for you. So everyone, I want to wish you a very, very blessed and peaceful Resurrection Sunday. I'm so thankful for, for the opportunity that I have to present to you the word of God, the way it's given to me. And it's not scripted. My voice is not scripted, but I want to give it to you as it's given to me. I love you. And I mean that with all my heart. And I'm just asking the only thing I'm asking that I ever ask for you to do is share this message with your friends, with your families, with your loved ones. You know, with strangers on the street, if you plan a podcast in your car, turn it up and let the neighbor hear you at the red light or, or, or in the grocery store, no matter where you are. God's message has to go out because it will not come back void. For the traveling pulpit, I'm Vernon Sheridan. Thank you. I love you. And. Mm, I'm sorry. God bless.